That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Comics. What are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling. And Music. We are just getting started. Finally, a podcast about things you actually care about. Hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things, too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Maybe a little too much. Yes, that's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton, you know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. This is the Kids on the Escalator podcast. Here's CM and BD. Hey. It's the internet, and we're on it. What do you think of that? You wanted the sure. best. You got the best. The hottest <laughs> podcast in the world. Kids on the Escalator. That's right. It is. It's Tuesday night. We're live. Uh, the Leafs are out, so fuck them. Oh, and, let's uh, not even discuss that anger uh, issue. And uh, so we're not up against any kind of crazy playoff game. Go Jets. Our guests today will be uh, will be on that train for sure. Uh, we've got lots to cover today, man. This is another Tuesday night live uh, rad show. We're welcoming some friends back to the uh, the show. We've got Mr. Brent Fitz uh, joining the equation. We've got. Hey, did you say Jets? What? 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 What were you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were talking a bit of Jets, but enough about that. I say Jets in six because... Immediately to the Jets, yeah. Fuck Montreal. Anyways. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. It's pretty... He's got some harsh, heavy opinions here. I can appreciate that. That's that that pretty not, harsh, not man. All that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Don't be like, well, this guy's in the comment section on Sportsline, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, wait till this comment section. You're going to... Listen. here. I blame the I blame the Canucks because they gave away Tyler to Foley. Anyways, enough about that. It's kiss, kiss, yes. kiss, 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 kiss. All things kiss, and it's an encyclopedia. I'm just gonna leave the room and let you three chat. But, uh, <laughs> I'm there, but I'm late. As, as I've as I've said many times in this podcast, uh, I am the youngest person on the panel and later to kiss than y'all. So, but yes, we'll just keep course. going with it. Uh, introduce yourselves. Uh, hot off the tube talk today with our friend. Uh, Ken Tizzer, who was on just a couple weeks ago. Hi, Ken. Nice. Uh, it's the fellas. Hi, fellas. That's Todd. That's Brent. Say something. To the Hi, people. I'm Todd Kearns. I'm sporting this nifty uh, his tour jacket from... Here it is. Was it 76? 77, sorry. And Brent's, Good year. And Brent's copying me. <laughs> <laughs> how old How old was everybody in 1976 that's on this panel? I was 30, 37. I was six. Do the math. I was six twenty-one. Good, I was legally age. Six was, was a legal good age. age. Whatever. Was, like Todd and I are very close in age, and we were ideally planted on Earth just in time for Star Wars and Kiss. <laughs> yeah, those were the two big things at that era too, and that was the two things. I think we've discussed this before that when you're young, you really bond with other. You find your your click with kids who like totally. Star Wars and Kiss. It was a really cool thing. Still is like I when I see that when I see that logo behind me there, it just makes me want to just pick up the guitar and play. It doesn't like I don't see the word kiss. It sounds weird, but that it just the image inspires me to do musical things. It's just one of those. You see knights in Satan's service. Yeah, that's yeah, joke about that too. Knights in yes. Satan's service. My, luckily, my parents weren't like that, but I, other parents were. Guitar, and it makes you want to play guitar and then talk to the, the devil. Apparently. Yes. Worship. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we uh, it was t- it was due for a kiss chat because. Um, 
you know, it, it's uh, you guys are on and you've been busy and you've been doing stuff. We want to, you know, you can, you've been busy down there doing stuff. And so we didn't, we wanted to leave you alone, but now we're like, well, we're going to bug him again. Cause it's kiss time. <laughs> Has there been um, a kiss chat on here before? Or are you saying this is random this is the first there's well, random kiss the moments, official kiss chat. I got yes. you. Okay. Well, I random. came prepared. I came prepared for it. Cause I brought this. Ooh, That's awesome. Yeah. Look at that. Tell us, yeah. tell us a bit about that. Um, it's, you know, it's there. Can you get it? Oh, yeah. Look at that. Oh, yeah. We got it. It's uh, one of the Gene Simmons axe bases that, uh, I mean, you know, I'm the kind of guy I, I I keep telling myself I don't need things, which I've been pretty good at more lately. But every time you, you know, I was at Nam one year and I walked by and I, God damn it. Okay. How much is that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can't walk out of here without that. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. You know, there's Paul Stanley guitars. There's a there's a nice man right there. You can see it. That that guy right nice. there. And there's a, there's another one over there. There's a few of those loitering around here. Oh, and that's an Ace Fraley. Les Paul. Oh, that's over on that side. Beautiful. Right, right there. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, really. It's a little bit embarrassing. Oh, it's but, awesome. Um, I also love. Not at all. I, lo- <laughs> no, I, I love I, guitars cool. on top of it. Also, it's kind of like there's not just that. There's a, a as you can see a Bo Diddley. Uh, where is it now? I'm trying to figure. There it is. The Bo Diddley rectangle guitar for some reason. Oh yeah! There's a, wow. There's a bunch of weird guitars in here. So yeah. Look at Brent Donnelly. He's already checked out. He's like, <laughs> I know, I'm just, like, I'm just right. trying to see what I got. Hang right. on. What I got He's always doing that. Oh, I know. I got the Kiss merch. I'm trying numbers. to run a show here. You fucking. T- you guys talk. I'm, uh... <laughs> Have you ever used any of those those uh, guitars or the bass live? Uh, I've used the Paul Stanley guitars. I've never plugged this in, but a friend of mine was is in a Kiss tribute band, and he borrowed this to to play, uh, of which oh, I never nice. got any photos or anything. So I've always meant to to like, what did did it play okay? Because I you know I I have a like an oh, there's an Eddie Van Halen right there. You can yes. see it's got, it's got. Um, I've never plugged that thing in. It's like I, I don't feel qualified to play it. So <laughs> so some some stuff is definitely for um for looks, and other ones yeah. I'm like I have to plug that in. I have to play it, but. Uh, yeah, this like I said, this guy. When I'm doing a proper gig, I can't really figure out when I'm when I should. Hey, Slash, I'm gonna bust out this guy tonight. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't even notice for like half the oh, show. He, uh, for like half the show, and then out of nowhere, he'd look at me like, and he would just be so confused. Like, but aren't they the only band in the world that everyone accepts it when you like even Slash? Are like, all right, boys, it's Kiss night. <laughs> uh, yeah. we're all, we're all well, up. royalty checks from gene simmons coming to you in the mail yeah exactly the uh the kiss guys are really good to slash that way actually they've always been you know i don't know if you know there's a great story about how uh, slash once pissed off paul stanley back in the day because I, I can't remember exactly what he had said but um so they had a, a moment where things were not good but they've always been pretty cool since and we've played quite a few festivals together and they've always been Really, really mildly chummy, actually. Mm. I love Slash has been known to wear Kiss shirts on stage. Of course. Yeah, he was wearing one the other day. The greatest story, uh, anyone who's done and promoted a show will understand the value of um, towels. And I know this sounds odd, but I did that great story of Gene charging the opening act. Like, okay, you were making $400 and now you're making $300 because you threw five <laughs> towels into the crowd and they were like, oh shit. Like wow. they learned the lesson right there. And you know, the funny thing about that is that if Kiss isn't traveling with them, they've had to hire somebody to provide those towels. So you throw them out into the audience, you're wrecking someone's business. It's like throwing oh. skelet- Skeletron comics out for free. <laughs> Machete. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, it was, uh, I was like, oh, okay. So that's Gene Simmons. 
Yes. That's, and it's re- it's really, really Responsible adult Gene Simmons. That's right. You know. All right, fellas, we got lots to cover. There's a, a bunch of different uh, subjects here, but uh, let's go with Intro to Kiss. Because okay. we got we got merch and a whole shit ton of stuff to go. Um, we'll start with our guest's uh, intro to Kiss. Uh, Fitzy, lead the charge as you're in a kid in Winnipeg. Go ahead. Is that nice. the actual? Is that the actual album, Brent? Yeah, it's been through a war. It's yeah. been from Winnipeg down to Los Angeles and Vegas. So that's my first album. I still have it. And what I like about it is, if I was to put it on, and I do have my my turntables right there. Um, I'm so used to all the little scratches and the skips yeah. that I almost miss when I don't yeah. hear them the way I heard them as a kid. <laughs> it's kind so, of part of the song, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 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 Uh, Love Gun was purchased at the little, you know, remember Sam the Record Man? Mm-hmm. Sam the but Record Man. Did somebody Man introduce you, Fitz? Did somebody introduce oh. you to Kiss? Like sort of that introduction. How did Who, you, how how did did you, you find, find Kiss? Yeah. How did you find Kiss? My best friend growing up, Brad Smith, who uh, was literally kitty corner across the street from me, were uh, a year apart. He's a year older. and um, But we just had the same, everything we did from when we were five years old until high school was pretty much the same every day. So we discovered Kiss sort of together. So I can't tell you if he turned me on to Kiss or what, but it was just kids in the neighborhood. Um, right. Cause that's how, you, you know, there was less distractions of mm-hmm. phones and things. I mean, if one mm-hmm. kid had a skateboard, the next thing you knew you had a skateboard. Oh, that guy had that bike. My, I want that bike too. Yeah. BMX or whatever. And kiss was a culture of, you know, in the neighborhood, there was only so many ways to see kiss. And so around that time, that's 78. So I didn't, we're going to say I'm eight years old, 78 when this or 77, when this came out. But uh, Todd and I, we, I mean, we can go all over the map about lots of things. I don't want to get too off topic, but but Kiss Meets the Phantom is a very important movie for kids of a certain age. And Todd and I will never tire of watching that absolute genius never. disaster of a great movie. <laughs> I mean, it was so good. Yeah, it's so good. It, 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 you can't if it's on. And you walk in the room, you have to sit down and watch the whole thing. You have to watch the rest of it. Of course. It, it's a dignity. And you're right, man. Yeah, that, it's awesome. Awesome. You're looking Classic. for someone, but it's not Kiss. <laughs> Chris Machetti and uh, Ingersoll. Well, t- tell me what's going on. Uh, Collar, tell me about your introduction to Kiss. Oh, okay. Um, well, first of all, uh, Julie Jim says that Love Gun was her first Kiss record also. And... Uh, uh, I didn't like Kiss, but I still love that movie. Wow, there you go. <laughs> wow, uh, wow, that's yeah. There's there's our first. That's what some yeah, people. Might get right on. Yeah. Okay. So I was just walking in the mall in London. I was in London, Ontario at this time with my mom. We were in uh, White Oaks Mall. I remember the name of the mall. And there was a huge stand-up uh, uh, Kiss Love Gun display in the window of a record store. I can't remember the name of the record store, but I saw it. And I said, I want that. And eventually, uh, I did get that, and then really? it was that album. No, it was it was an eight track because my parents had an eight track player in the car, mm-hmm. and we traveled around a lot. Right, I was in the back seat of the car a lot, so I guess they figured if they put the Kiss eight track in, I would shut up in the back seat. Yeah. I wouldn't be. You know, <laughs> we there yet? Are we there yet? So yeah, so that's that's uh, that's my first Kiss experience. So mine was Love Gun as well. Wow. So are you? Are, for anyone that doesn't know, look at these. What the hell is this? Here's an eight track. That's an eight track. Yeah, there you go. Oh, beautiful. This kill. is not the that. first one I ever had, but I found this years later. But it's pretty cool to have dressed to kill. That's, That's really awesome, cool. dude. Todd, what was going on in Lanigan? 
<laughs> Actually, I was in Lynn Lake, Manitoba at this time. So crazy northern Manitoba. And um, this is a really interesting thing to talk about. I haven't really thought about it until you, you asked me to be a part of this. But the first time anybody introduced me to Kiss, it was a kid at school. And I was really into rock and roll. Like I was really into the Beatles and bands like that. Basically all the old school, the four original food groups of rock and roll. <laughs> and then... And somebody, I remember their, you know, Kiss was starting to really kind of take off, especially amongst the kids. And I remember being kind of like not into it, like kind of turned off by it. It like kind of seemed like, like, I don't know if I was like, this seems ridiculous. So I'm into, uh, you know, like the Stones and the Beatles or something like that. Um, but I remember being kind of like turned off just by the image for some reason. Like Gene Simmons, I just thought was super crazy. But I do remember... Um, I don't remember what the actual turn of events was, but it feels like Kiss Meets the Phantom was a big part of that actual change. But I know we picked up, I know when we went to the Bay, Hudson's Bay Company. This is how where we had to find records back then. Um, it was like buying Kiss Alive 1, I think, was the first one, which works out great because it kind of acts as the greatest hits of the first three albums. Yeah. Um, but I know that there was like a catalog of music already there, like so that every weekend we went back and we're like, and it felt like we could never run out of Kiss records to buy. So I remember, you know, it feels like solo albums and and Kiss Alive and Love Gun. Like it feel it must be around '77 that we got into all that. But by and by the time '78 rolled around, we were watching stuff roll out in real time. I think it's sort of a blur because it just seems like I remember having like kiss alive one on vinyl i remember playing it all the time like obnoxiously playing it in our house and my mother was like what kind of accent is that because we oh yeah, yeah. paul stanley <laughs> and i remember having hotter than hell on 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 eight track and i remember having peter chris's solo album on eight track i, I don't know why they're just so randomly like a couple of eight tracks in there but everything else was pretty much vinyl yeah i uh i had a cousin and yeah, it was kiss alive was the first album and it was like what is this you know and just the, the dress up and all the rest of it it was like what but you couldn't actually see them i, I never we'll get into the live side of it i could i was still too young at that True. point as, as we've covered but i uh i definitely um uh it was a mystery it was like this mystery comic book you know yeah that came along so it was uh but i don't re i really don't i i was late to all the first albums you know by the time that happened then i had to retro myself we all do, go, I think, yeah. And then go through that process. I don't think it was until, if I'm being honest, like Jason Parson was walking around, Chris, in Caesarea, Ontario, mm -hmm. with the Ghetto Blaster, Blasting Animalize, and everything Kiss, uh, ahead, uh, you know, ahead of that, um, that I was really diving in. And by that point, the makeup was starting to come off. So There's a whole non-makeup period that acts as sort of a gateway drug. So kids were watching, <laughs> kids that were watching the Power Hour or, or Headbangers Ball, they probably didn't even really connect that Kiss was the same Kiss that, you know, they just saw another great, you know, hard rock band with long hair playing metal tunes or whatever. And that's the same Kiss that was around a few years ago that had makeup on you. Mm -hmm. So uh, you guys sort of technically touched on your first album, but what was your actual first Kiss album, I guess, in general? That was Love Gun for you, Fitz? Look yeah. on for everybody. Okay. Yeah. Except me was Kiss Live One and yourself was Kiss Live One. As far as I remember, it's it's like I said, it's a bit of a blur where we kind of like we got one and then realized there was this catalog to just go crazy on. Yeah. And it seemed like 
you know, I mean, a lot of people talk about Kiss being like, well, it's all about visuals and stuff like that. I go, well, you didn't have visuals. We had pictures to look at, a two-dimensional photo to look at on the cover of the album. We knew the songs inside and out still to this day. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. that's what was important to us. Mm-hmm. Alive was cool, too, because it had that booklet that came with it. That yeah. gave you those wicked pictures, and it also yeah. was the gatefold opening, and showed you the other three albums that you needed to buy, right? Because it, it showed them in there, and then it had those 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 handwritten letters from each uh, member of the band, where you know I'm Ace and I'm from space and I'm doing this and that. And <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. cool, right? Yeah, the lore of it for for young kids was really 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 cool. The, the whole package of their album. album, the first live album, both live albums have uh, booklets in them, like it came with a booklet, so it was like really. really... Actually, the second one comes with this. I bought a repro thing somewhere. Oh, nice. With, Those with are the, the stickers. Are the tattoos, the tattoos or stickers? Yeah. You can cool. put these on as tattoos in the second Kiss Alive 2 album. Yeah. <sighs> I just walked by my fridge and. Oh, I should take these. <laughs> oh, man, those are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm hanging in my fridge. They've been there ever since I got them. I picked wow. them up. Somebody made some repros. I think they're Japanese or something. I can't remember where I picked those up. So there was a. Um, Rolling Stone put out something about the top. I was going to bring it up on here, but I don't want to interfere with the feed. So that Rolling Stone. Uh, they ranked. They went to all the Kiss fans and everyone, and they 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 took a poll as to the top ten Kiss albums. Mm. So number ten, I'll get your thoughts on this, guys, as we go down the list. Number ten, Hot in the Shade. Number ten, number ten. So Hot are you shade. saying this is like top ten Kiss albums of all time? That's what they're saying. They polled the fans. Wow. Okay. okay. They got the, I'm they already afraid. If, yeah. I'm like that, that, I mean, I I'm a fan, but I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't even know if that's even in my top ten. It's but. Tough. But here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Hot in the Shade. Alive 2. Okay. Okay. Rock and Roll Over Nine? at number 8. Both of those, yes. Oh. Creatures of the Night at number 7. Okay. Dress to Kill at number 6. Okay. Hotter Than Hell at number 5. Mm-hmm. Love Gun at number 4. Destroyer. Number 3. Cats okay. just died. Uh, Somebody did not cat. did not agree with that destroyer. Kiss know, alive. Right? Kiss <laughs> alive at no, kiss alive at number two. Okay. And self-titled kiss number one. Okay. Huh. That's an interesting conversation because I've had this conversation many times, and this this might might lead everybody in this direction. I've kind of in a really roundabout way landed back on that first album as being one of my favorite albums because I don't know if it's number one for me, but because when you look at that that album, there's probably at least more than half, maybe like 90% of that album are classic Kiss songs that could be played today from Deuce, Strutter, uh, 100,000 Years, Black Diamond, Cold Gin. Um, and you I'm mean Kiss playing it in their set currently? Currently, they could play all those songs and the fans would be totally yep. happy. Um, yep. So there might be, I think, Kiss in Time and maybe the love theme from Kiss are the only two yeah. songs that you kind of go, eh. Instrumental, right? Yeah, the instrumental song, but I think you know that that's that brings up an interesting point, and that's why I think the live a Kiss Alive one worked so well for me is it introduced all that. And going back now, I feel like the first Kiss album, although sonically kind of is missing something that the later records definitely had, but it, it's a it's a solid contender for number one. I'd be up for that. Mm. Fitz, what do you think of that list? It's weird so that hotter. Think, it's, isn't it weird that Hot in the Shade is the only like non-makeup Kiss album? Oh man, well, yeah, that's Animalizer. Maybe yeah. Todd and I would both. Asylum. Uh, I won't speak oh, for like Todd, but we, we've dealt we've delved in in the last several years with a lot of the non-makeup era mm. Kiss, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think it's safe to say that I mean most of the Kiss fans would probably want to put 
um, other than Crazy Nights, all all of the other records ahead of that. So, <laughs> and you can't not. What about Revenge? I mean, I think mm-hmm. Revenge. Okay, let's just say first say I think Asylum for popularity. Um, well, uh, Animal Eyes introduced a whole new generation. I think because Kiss really came back strong. And look it up. Yep, somebody just said that great songs you know all those rec those songs on on look it up are pretty strong but asylum also had really strong video you know presence with tears are falling maybe tears are falling alone is one of the Mm. strongest 80s songs um and then to not include um now i like some of the crazy night stuff and there's always debate as to why people don't like it maybe the the heavy keyboard influence but um i remember and maybe todd you'll you can chime in on this, but when Revenge came out, I sort of, the way they looked, which was very dark mm-hmm. and back to a leather and a tough look, I was like, fuck, these guys, they're nailing it. They, the videos were a little darker and cool, and everybody looked really, I mean, it was kind of like the end of the 80s look and back to a different, more throwback to Kiss, even though it was non-makeup. And I yep. think the songs on on Revenge are really strong. So to not have Revenge or Asylum in there, I mean, if yeah, you had Eddie Trunk on here, he's going to tell you As- Asylum has to be on there. You know? Yeah, of course. Certainly, certainly with, you know, it would be in place of Hot in the Shade. Not to say anything yeah, ne- necessarily so. negative about Hot in the Shade. But and hey, well, listen, we're not saying about. Rolling Stone is right here, fellas. We're just, I'm just reading a list. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure Eddie, Eddie would debate that uh, all the way well, around. Well, at least but, they didn't um, put D- Destroyer yeah. as number one, which is such an easy choice. But Generally, um, right. yeah, I think... Um, safe to say uh and todd and i both like we have a lot of similar experiences like our our whole where we grew up how we discovered kiss you know with our friends you know similar albums and stuff but we also both saw kiss for the first time on the same tour a day along the next category that's the next category probably the next category is there (laughs) okay we'll get there once we'll lead up to it in a minute but i'm just saying we had a lot of the same experiences leading up as kiss fans so so we definitely probably felt the same about in the 80s we were like well i still love kiss and you might not have you know there might have been a few things you might have been panning a little bit like some of the you know just the fact that the makeup was was very strong and then the 80s music i still thought some of the the songs were so fucking catchy just as catchy as always but you know there was definitely a lot more color and a lot more you know just extreme with video presence and and less about the darkers black and silver but you know there was just different color schemes anyway Mm -hmm. but i always thought the music still had there was always a couple good songs on every record and there's a couple good songs at least on hot in the shade what do you think of that list Oh, I'm, I, I agree with everybody right there. Yeah, I don't know how you could put... There's so many more albums I would put in there before that one. Like, so I even Lick It Up. I thought Lick It Up was... was Absolutely. When I, I remember when I heard Lick It Up, man. The, or uh, just like... And just that, that A chug. It was just like, yeah, all right, man, that's cool. <laughs> it was really uh-huh. good. And then to top it off, you get to see everybody's faces. And they kind of stripped it down. And we're like, all right, here's the music, you know. Other than my tongue, you know, you're not getting <laughs> you're not getting the old kiss anymore. And I thought that was, that was really imperative to me. That they that they did pull that off because what a huge step! Imagine doing your whole career just I don't know doing one thing so like dressing up that's huge. It's not like well you know we played like pop or pop punk and now we're playing just straight punk. It's not like that kind of a change. No. It's like hey man we were dressed as characters 
you know, and now we're just stripping it down and you just get the music and us standing there. So to me that the fact and me being a, a big kiss fan that they pulled that off was pretty intricate to me. And, and, and in their, their catalog, I think should kind of be respected because of that. Um, and, oh, and high heels, lo-fi, uh, the chug kiss is darn good at the chug and people love to sing along to kiss also. So cheers. I heal slow five. But yeah, I so many more. And plus I'd, as you guys were saying, uh, animalize had some great songs. Asylum. It was after asylum that I actually stopped buying the albums. So I don't have any albums after asylum, but asylum had some wicked guitar stuff going on there, man. Yeah. Uh, that was Bruce Kulik's first album. So there Bruce something did to prove, some, yeah. Great! I love in the tears are falling video. I remember as a kid. Like, where's my hand here? Where he does the thing, and then he, he switches his hand over top. Doodly doodly do. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. <laughs> when he did that in the video, and I was like, "Whoa, see that?" that was, we, whoa. Tell, we, we, we tell him to do that every time. How come you're not doing the thing? It's almost just a video for everything. When he's cooking, yeah. when he's cooking food. Yeah, can you just switch that, man? Yeah. Can you do so that? I thought that was really um, rad. So that, that's my take on it. I, I would just change. You know, when, when you get to the older ones, man. Sometimes some of the albums is just. Um, memories to me and there's yeah. times where i throw on unmasked yeah. and i'm like oh man unmasked you know i just and i just love some of the jams on there just the guitars weren't the production of it was was more the guitars Slick. were thin right yeah yeah but if yeah, you would have beefed the guitars up on that album i think it would have been a different uh, angle on there i agree yeah we we've yet to say you just said unmasked and dynasty yeah. how oh, can yeah. we like ah because dynasty was tough for me and, and and you know anyone can chime in todd about the the disco if you want to keep that that bubble of oh when they went disco but i think we were too young they, to have strong opinions on things like that weren't we i, I, I was kind of like yeah i mean I my, liked mom, it. My, my mom was spinning abba all day long the grease soundtrack the sergeant pepper mm-hmm. soundtrack that from that movie with the Bee Gees. it was just everywhere you know what i mean so the I was cool with the Star Wars Migo or Miko theme. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we were children. I wasn't having some hard stance about like, you know, whatever. I just kind of. So when the Kiss record came out, which in, in retrospect feels like one of the real first real time actual like the new Kiss record is out as opposed to like buying a Kiss record when there was like a whole ton of Kiss records to buy. It was sort of like I think the solo albums you know, those came out real time for me too, where I was like, Oh, we got to go buy those. But the, um, the dynasty record was a, was a huge record for us for sure. And it still is in a lot of ways. Like I still think there's great songs on there. Charisma. Um, dude. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Ace songs on that. Sure. No, something Ace's songs on that record are great. Savior loves a great tune. That's a classic. Yeah. 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 Even his 2000 man is still great. Oh, the stones cover. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The stones cover. Brilliant stuff. Well, at that, we, when I, at that age, you, when I was a fan, sorry, sorry, at that age, because no, you're right about the Dynasty thing, man. Well, you can't like Dynasty. Dude, at that age, I was so hooked into Kiss that I, as long as there were four dudes there, you know, the guys there playing their guitars and it wasn't, I don't know, country music. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved that. I think uh, we were, hard we were, times. Was a big favorite we're too young to be like hardcore about it. like, well, I'm not listening to this. These guys, you know, it's like, I, I was still a child, even like, yeah. even in the elder, I was like, kind of like, it's an, yeah. it's a new kiss record. So I buy it and I listen to it and I know every note of it, you know, it's just, that was the law. Really, <laughs> like, yeah. like, It wasn't until later on where it became, Oh, this is, you know, visibly a, a different time or like, you know, people have a different take on kiss at the, you know, at that point. What was everyone's first ta- uh, first thoughts on uh, on the losing the makeup? Necessary, uh, uncomfortable as a fan, or did you buy in, or did the music do the talking for you, or what was your thoughts when they decided? I gave my thoughts on that already. So to turn into, at it, man. Yeah, I was. 
I was stoked, actually. I remember I hadn't seen... They, they made a big to-do about the video, but of course I lived... By this point, I lived in Saskatchewan, but um, I hadn't seen the Lick It Up video. Um, or perhaps I had. I, I don't really remember, but I remember walking into a record shop in another town because I used to go out on weekends and play at high school dances as a kid in my rock band. Um, so I was just a kid, but I remember walking into the record shop and it was front racked. So I walked in and I just saw this, you know, you know, one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, um, stacks of, of the front face album cover with a non makeup kiss staring at me. So I tripped, I bought it right there and then I had to have it, you know, and I do remember on Friday night videos, cause we didn't have MTV obviously, but Friday mm-hmm. night videos was a thing. And I remember sitting there watching the lick it up video where for the first half of the video or the first verse of the video, they show them just their boots. You know, you're kind of like, you know, you wear, and then all of a sudden lick it up. And then they just show all their faces. And it was, it was a big reveal. And I remember, I remember thinking at the time, I don't remember thinking like, Oh, well, it's over. I think older people probably did, but I think those of us who were just getting into hard rock and heavy metal and all that kind of stuff that kiss had sort of set themselves up to be kind of like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to be right here toe to toe with Cinderella and poison and whatever the hell else is coming down the pipeline. Right. You didn't go, wow, they look like that. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing, I remember the next day at school, somebody going, Ace Frehley looks like a girl. And I was like, (laughs) I was was nerdy enough to say, Ace Frehley hasn't been in kiss for years. You know, I was like, I just felt like weirder than, you know, that's Vinnie Vincent, you know, yeah, Fitzy, what do you think of the when they well, took the makeup off? Do, do you guys remember how there would be news stories that would try to give you a scoop of a, a revealed unmasked kiss photo? And mm. as exciting as it was seeing them in makeup, I was also good with like, yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. thing, yeah. Whenever you saw them like that, you were like, holy shit, I just saw their eyes or something. Yeah, and yeah. You know, yeah. What we used to do was we would take. Here, I can be such a double jerk. platinum. Hold on. I was just going to do that. Are you going to do that? Buddy, do it. Do it, buddy. Yeah, I did the same thing. Okay, set it up, Chris. Set it up. Set it up. Oh, man. (laughs) You take the double platinum album. You open it up. You have to have the the original. Yeah. I admire that. I admire that you knew where that was. What you can see, because the makeup is on, uh, it's sort of, you can almost look and go, I think I know what they look like without makeup. Are you seeing this? Yeah. Yeah. This is how Kiss fans used to try to... Like, look, hey, that kind of looks like Gene without makeup. I'm telling you, <laughs> dude. We would put a piece. We would put a piece of paper over it, and we would run a pencil over it. Oh, you do like tracing paper. Paste. Like, well, yeah, too. like a really, really light paper and tra- or trace paper is perfect. And you just you would you would get like a pencil and go over it with and and the indent would come through the pencil. Um, so I've always I've always an artist drawing right, and you could see their faces without the makeup on and, and the imprint oh. with, the, with, the, with the sketch pencil. Yeah. That's where I thought, I thought you were going that same way with that whole putting the, I, I was actually almost going to no, do that. That's exactly the answer. <laughs> I don't have to explain my, my answer is yes. My grandma would come over and babysit on the weekend. I'd have my kiss records. I remember she'd, she'd stay over and she'd be like so scared of the, the posters on my wall, every inch of my room in 1978 to whatever, 70 to, to, to about 81 was, mm. you know, I'm everybody, right? You, yeah, you literally dude. plastered your walls with kiss yes. or your I had a flag. Bag. I had a flag. It's cool. Well, Did you have one of those black? Flag. You bought it at the head shop, like a, a black Canadian ass. flag. A Canadian oh, flag. Toronto. It was like you know the black. It was a black. It was a black. Oh. Not black flag. The band, but it was a black flag like, with the guys behind me. Yeah. That's a flag. 
Yeah, but mine was like in uh, black and white because I couldn't afford color. I didn't have any I got money a whole folder of super dorky stuff. So this might have all been on my wall. I used to, we all had magazines. I mean, how many circus did you have, Todd? Hit Parader Faces. Oh, all of them. The whole yeah, metal Edge. All yeah. Metal Edge. <laughs> I kept all the, the little pullouts. And, uh, oh, cool. you know, if there was anything in Faces. Uh, can you see Oh, this? wow. So, you know, anything that was on my wall, makeup or non, I actually oh, saved awesome. them. Wow. I, I, you know, I just brought them with me down to. Uh, oh, there's an old circus. Yeah, 16 magazine way back in the 70s yeah. had some good stuff. Oh, look at that. Uh, Peter Chris. So it's, yeah. it's I did the same with Grant Fuhrer. <laughs> no, that's true. No, you know what? Absolutely. Yeah. There was hockey players and those yeah. were our heroes growing up in Canada. We all have the same, you know, unfortunately Gretzky was as big as kiss too at the same time, you know, and wrestlers. I had a lot of wrestling things going on. Uh, okay. Let's switch to live music, which, uh, um, well, one of the members on this panel currently plays with a member, but what was the first time that you saw kiss live? Uh, Todd, I'm sure you probably had the longest to drive. I, I, you know what? I probably, well, no, actually, by that point, I lived in Lanigan, Saskatchewan, so they were playing at the Agrodome in Regina, and it was 1985, so it was the Animalized Tour. So it was the first uh, tour with Bruce Kulick, so it, it worked out to be very interesting that the first time I saw Kiss with that guitar player who went on to become our friend, uh, so it's quite telling. But uh, So I would have seen them, I think, the night before, maybe the night, a couple days before, before Brent saw them. And Dawkin opened. They were on. Jeez, nice. what album were they on? Breaking the Chains, maybe Brent. Tooth and Nail. Tooth and, and Nail. nail Beauty. Of course, yeah. I remember. I remember them. You know, we loved them too at the time. So, uh, but I remember watching Dawkin and Gene Simmons coming up on the stage and watching them kind of like this, you know, with the arms crossed and the crowd chanting Gene <laughs> while <laughs> while um, while Dawkin was playing. Cool. And, Maybe he was and, giving him shit for throwing out towels. Yeah, they were throwing out towels. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to make a, a, a editorial correction here. Actually, two members of this panel play with members of the band. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah, I was like, playing with Gene, but I forgot. Todd, Todd, you were doing a whole shit ton of stuff with Bruce. So, anyways, yeah. I'm backing up the editorial and two members of that of the of the panel are awesome. currently playing with members. So, yeah. Um, so, Brent, was yeah. it Dawkins opening for them in Winnipeg, or was it Queensrÿch? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it was, was Queensryche because some Stone One A just pointed out that Queensryche had opened up until Alberta, and then when they, I guess Dawkins picked up in Saskatchewan and, and went west, uh, east from there. I'm yeah. glad we got Dawkins. I love Dawkins. Yeah. Yep. What'd you get, yeah. Fitz? First time seeing him? Well, same as Todd. Yeah, I mean, it was very uh, unfortunate that when they came several times to Canada before. Um, and and it's it, it's cool to go and look in those like books that document when Kiss came all around the world and like you know Gene actually I think has the best uh, you know like he he's he knows every gig and every stat to do with Kiss but I'm sure they kept detailed records of everywhere they played but there's a, several Kiss shows in in just Winnipeg alone of course I grew up in Winnipeg but like you know their first shows in Canada were like you know, early seventies on the first record or whatever it was like in Edmonton or something. I forget uh, exactly. But anyway, Winnipeg had several shows before Todd and I saw them on the animalized tour. And I, I think the biggest one that everybody who was just a little older got to see was the, the, um, the love gun tour with, with, um, Cheap yeah. Trip. 
Yeah. And I'm so bummed that I just missed that one. You know, that would have been, um, I would have been, you know, that would have been the kiss alive Two era, you know, era. so I didn't get to see that. So, but I knew everybody that went and then, you know, I think a couple years later, the, the concert that everyone, the first before kiss was Ozzy came in, uh, right after Randy Rhodes had died. Right. And that was like 81 or something. That was like, I remember everybody in gra- in the fifth grade was like, every, the whole school went. And then after that, the whole school, literally my entire junior high saw Kiss Animalize. And I yeah. know this because <laughs> our school photos happened <laughs> the next day or something. And the entire school, the entire school is wearing Kiss Animalize t-shirts. You, you got to find that. Awesome. You got to find it's that. You must have that picture at your house right now. You gotta find so, it. I have the look. I got all the bullshit that I, of course. Um, <laughs> Chris, like, your story uh, is uh, is famous. What? Uh, when did you see Kiss for the first time? Yeah. Uh, first shout out to Julie Jim who wants to go see Kiss this year. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, when I was oh, geez, so this was nineteen seventy nine. This was the last tour with Peter Chris. Mm-hmm. I was just a wee little nargan man. Um, wow. My parents took me to see them, and uh, so it was the last Peter Chris. Yeah, it was uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, uh, the wow. Dynasty Tour, and wow. it was fantastic. I remember everything about it. Um, they came up Whoa. out of the stage. There's actually video of it online of the actual concert I went to, and uh, they were playing a lot of. This. They played. Uh, they each did a song from their solo album too, which was really cool because I was a big fan of that. Um, but I still have check this out. This is gold right here. This is just. I have, I have a bunch of Kiss programs over here. I collect them, um, but this one is from the actual show that I went to. Nice. <laughs> There, and there, look at that, buddy. Look at that. There you go. There's your holy grail. You got that. Who opened pinball the show? Machine, right? the pinball machine. Yes, he does. Yep. Yeah. Who opened, yeah. And then, who opened, who opened this, that show? Look at this, though. You got to see that. Wait, wait. You got to see this picture. Like, look at this one of Peter Chris. This is kind of like, whoa, dude. Sorry. Oh, I'm Bring going the wrong way. Sorry, sorry. Let me get you up here. Hold on. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. No, I like that photo shoot when they were all in there, you know. Oh, sorry. Everything's backwards here. Okay, there here you we go. go. Color Keep themes. Going. There yeah. you go. Look at what. Yep. He's like a tiger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, right. no, I love that photo shoot. Isn't that awesome? There were some, there were some great, great um, posters, and they were Canadian only from some of those photo shoots. Nice. And those are very, very coveted, hard to find posters. But the Canadian versions a lot of a lot of those from that era are super rare. I bet you John 5 has some. He has all yeah. of them. And in yeah. fact, if you want to go to the best, all. the best, you know, look at all killer kiss, you know, old stuff, go to, is it Knights and Satan service? Is that his? <laughs> yes, it is. Instagram? Yeah. Just go to that. <laughs> of course it and is. You, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the best. John five wow. is always buying up cool old kiss stuff. 
Chris brings up this point all the time about how Kiss unites everybody. And it's very funny when you're on tour and when you're on tour and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's kind of like that secret society of like, oh, Kiss, yeah. And um, it's very rare that, you know, you're on tour with some young merch kid that's like, I love Kiss. You know, it's usually the grizzled rock guys that are, you know, crew, crew guys that are that have toured with them or been out. But it, it really connects everybody like crazy. So it's really, it's quite something. I've never seen. I mean, will it ever happen again? I will any will a, will a band connect oh. people to that level? And we we all have our band. favorite favorite bands, but who's gonna? Come like BTS, like what? <laughs> I was just about to say BTS. I mean, in some ways, yes, they they unify a lot of people, but uh, I don't know if it, it has. I mean, most pop groups have a shelf life, you know what I mean? And I imagine Kiss probably was intended, you know, for all intents and purposes, people assumed they would have a shelf life as well, but it doesn't appear to be the case now. It's like we're fifty years, we're almost yeah. fifty years in here. Do we? Do we? Uh, there's a few more to get through, but I, I and uh, listen, I, I know you guys are friends with everybody, so I mean, this question might be too inside the scenario, but um, there has been talk over the last couple of years of swapping them out and going out with kiss version two with maybe you know the, the, all the rumors that we've heard uh, gene will stay in but they'll get a new singer uh or gene will stay in and todd will sing and brent will play drums like <laughs> just like we get all these kind of like or paul's gonna stay and they're gonna replace everybody else where do you stand on the version two because the more i look at it now the more I, i'm starting to believe that we're um three years away from a reality show for version, <laughs> yeah. for version two. And uh, just because of the way it's going uh, in the world and it's such a machine, um, where does everybody stand on version two? Um, I'll put Fitzy on the spot. Cause um, why? Cause this is, is, you know, he's, he's there. I think, uh, okay. So safe to say that just having um, experiences, Todd and I together with members of the band already, playing music and you know not being in kiss but having you know some of the guys as is you know pretty dear friends and and having our experiences on the kiss cruises you know several in a row now in the in the last you know several years i think that's gratifying enough for me to say to have a relationship with the band and to share the music with all the kiss fans it's sort of be part of the, the kiss family tree now uh, so I'm, I'm going to give you a politically correct answer because I think in fairness, mm-hmm. all I care about is that I love the band. Um, being in KISS, does not, it's not a concept for me. It's the idea of I love the band. It, it sort of helped give me the love of music and the, a lot of things in life that I enjoy. So I celebrate the band all the time. You know, just because, and there are people sitting around having a Beatles uh, podcast right now talking about the Beatles as the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so um, safe to say that uh, I don't even think about round two because, um, you know, if the band, you know, continued on, I, I guess, you know, so be it. But I don't even, I don't even think about that. And I, I, I have no insider information. I mean, sure. um, that's all I got to say is for me, I just love that Todd and I get Would to you support it. Would you support a version two? I don't know. I guess. I mean, I, I support everything kiss in a way. <laughs> I, I'm never going to not find a positive because it's been so good for me. I'm, I'm not a debater of what's better original eighties era. And, you know, to me, it's like, it's a body of work and that body yeah. of work is strong. And, you know, so 
that's my my answer is um and and todd and i get to be part of that family tree so i'm i'm excited to be part of the family tree and that's mm. what I, I i celebrate is to have a little stake in the band that gave me my start so yeah here we are todd you know it's funny because i i can't help but equate it to things like um queen in essence you know sure we are seeing queen with a couple of original guys but there was a certain point where if you would have told me anybody was going to sing those songs i'd have been like absolutely not interested this is a terrible mistake <laughs> this is a terrible idea no one will ever accept it but enough time passes and you go to a, a queen show in the 21st century and you see adam who carries it so well and sings the song so so great and you take it as an homage to the music you take it as an homage to freddie himself the fact that when freddie comes on screen is just like just takes this the wind out of you you're just like oh my god it's so emotional but um kiss is such that i think they've always sort of prepared you for this kind of thing <laughs> every step right. of the way right from the very first time you know you know we were as kids Peter Chris was pulled out of that equation, you know, in reality, fairly quickly. You know what I mean? Like, if for those of us who would have sort of gotten into Kiss in, say, 77, well, he was out of the band a couple of years later. So, mm. which is almost, it was exciting, too. As a kid, you were like, well, who's this guy? You know, he's he's the fox or whatever. And you're like, Eric Carr's introduction. <laughs> and then as you went along, there was something kind of, it, it kind of got a little bit much. But I think at the same time, there's something interesting and something um exciting about that kind of stuff but at the same time seeing um you know to see a band that is 100 percent not the original band first of all that is happening you know i mean that's happening all around us foreigner and a lot of foreigner, bands, foreigner does it yeah better than yeah. anybody i saw them lot, it was really good a lot of bands are just simply going to outlive the name of the band you know i mean like um i know leonard skinner is down to one and i think they're retiring but part of me is kind of like well at this point why some of those guys have been in the band 20 25 years in a version of leonard skinner or in a version of 38 special or whatever band you can you can bring up and uh at a certain point you think well kiss is, is different because it's so much more of a of an athletic visual type thing in, in and of itself that guys like gene and paul getting up into their 70s it might start to get you know, I'm not speaking for them because I still think that they, they do a great job. But, um, you know, it just becomes kind of like, look, at a certain point, it's one thing to imagine. Some people didn't even imagine playing rock and roll at in their 50s, let alone 60s and 70s. But it's another thing to be dressing up as a superhero night, night for night, mm -hmm. blowing fire and spitting blood, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's possible. And I, I, to be honest, I've sort of envision that for a long time i sort of thought like even back in the reunion days i thought well i could i could have seen like a vegas show a vegas review type show where they would have just had one version of that thing happening here in vegas a big massive show all the songs crazy visuals and it kind of wouldn't matter who was playing paul stanley that night oh tonight they've got the understudy you know what i mean like you know but right. the one guy he's really good you know what i mean like that that conversation well, them actually getting down to one lineup that is kind of like you know, Dave, Mike, Steve, and Jim, you know, like that's the, those are the guys, that's the new Kiss lineup. That seems kind of like it's possible, but I, I almost envision it more as being like, you know, a much bigger thing. Like it's some sort of like, there are multiple guys, you don't even know who you're seeing on that given night. As long as they're doing the Star Child, the Catman, 
spaceman and the demon it almost doesn't matter but but your ideas of as far as a reality show and finding those guys i think you're probably on point it's an interesting one because um i think no matter what they do even if they went down that road uh it's all about the tickets so is anybody because no one's selling records per se you know i'm saying not like in that regard so it's really gonna be, be about live like what do you you know what are they gonna be able to do live and that's the big thing it's like will our generation um and i'll throw myself in there because i even though i was later to kiss i was still you know i'm a 70s kid but i i'm just saying our generation will move on and then my little guy who's seen kiss three times already is he going to be down with like a you know like a brand new kiss that's like with 20 year olds that's going to carry it on for another 50 years in some kind of version but then you know the, is the music going to have to change to sustain it so will the integrity yeah, of the band leave and it's really interesting to me there's an argument for that too though because your son when you take him to see kiss he's not going wait that's not peter chris that's not ace fraley you know and and guys of our generation do that you know what i mean right those kids are almost the best litmus test to show that all mm-hmm. they're seeing they're hearing the songs they're seeing the visuals that go along with it and from 40 feet away if you're lucky in some cases hundreds of feet away and big screens and all that it kind of doesn't really matter who it is as long as they're doing a great job of it you know i mean it does it's it create, expensive does it's it, expensive yeah. to blow that shit up so that's what i'm saying the, the, you're right though yeah it's always to, gonna to, the ticket chris chris where do you where are you at buddy on the on a version uh, well, yeah i see i <laughs> I, I don't listen to Kiss really after anything after Asylum kind of thing, um, but I'm happy with that. I'm very content with that. So whatever they do is, is cool. Um, there's, there's a couple comments on the side. Uh, Stone One uh, is a big Kiss fan, but thinks they need to retire. Um, <laughs> Krakenotster says Guar would just put a new person in there. And uh, another all, all, all kinds of people have played Hamlet. Why shouldn't lots of people play the Starman? But it's Star Child, right? So there's yeah, a couple yeah. opinions on that. Um, I, I think, well, personally, uh, Gene and Paul should probably should probably stop because they, you know they're getting old, and and that, that's a tough gig to keep going that way. I, I thought it was if they could, if there was like four people that could keep four younger like people in their twenties that were um, that could keep it going. I, I don't know. I, see, I just don't like it when it becomes all Hollywood, like the search for it, because then you're wondering how authentic and how these if they pre-pick these kids to be in the band, you know what I mean? Like the funny thing I thought about just a side um, American idol is nobody clued in that every time somebody won, it was a different genre of music. Like somebody R and B won, somebody pop won, and then a country guy won. And then a country, like I said, it was all different genres that were winning. And I was sitting here watching this go on and joking with my wife, like, okay, well this person's going to win because like, a pop person cannot win American Idol again. You know what right. I mean? So mm-hmm. if they did something with that with Kiss, my only fear would be that it would be all predetermined. Because so I would love to see some hardworking young musicians get a break to be the new Kiss who really, really wanted it. You know what I mean? Like like, like the hockey players who, who, you, who weren't drafted in the first round, man, but they go out there and they play and they help you win the Stanley Cup. If they could genuinely find some, some four, four kids... Who really believed in it and wanted to carry on and, and did it proper? I, I would I would check that out. I definitely would. Um, what do you what I, do you think how- is the What do you think is the hardest position to fill? This is a an interesting conversation that I've had with a lot think, of my You know friends. what, buddy? I think it's one of those things that it's like the, it's like the Beatles. You need it, it has to be the perfect four set in there, yeah. or else it's not going to turn. You know what I mean? You get the perfect four in there, and it turns properly. You get that one person that's not right in there, and it's not going to turn. Um, but that's how important Kiss is to me too, right? Like, I know, like I know. Their, their albums when they were so perfect, 
You know what I mean? Like the, whether it was gatefold, whether you got stickers or poster, it was it was just so well done. I saw. Um, and, I read. I read a quote from Paul Stanley once, and he said, "I've seen a lot of great Kiss cover bands, tribute bands." And mm-hmm. he says, "I've seen great great Gene Simmons's, great Peter Chris's, great Ace Frehley's, but I've never seen a great Paul Stanley." And I would agree really? with that. Wow, okay. it's, it's, the, it's the one thing that's really, really hard. Is there's a specific look to that character, if you want to call a star of child a character, sure. uh, the the way it, the way he moves, the way he sings, the way he talks to the audience. There's something about the other characters. The Gene character is so big and so it's so over the top that it's almost kind of like you can almost sort of fake it a little bit. The Paul Stanley character is so much more like, first of all, you have to be able to sing all that stuff, which is already a challenge. So they're going to that's going to be the first step is finding that kid who can sing that stuff and then who is in great shape and can do all those moves and all that kind of stuff. It'd be tough. None of the kid, none of the new kids have chest hair, do they? <laughs> well, it might be a manscaped <laughs> tattoo. Yeah, uh, that's a good point, though. You got to—I mean, the, whoever's going to sing has got to—you know—you're not, you're not putting this new thing together to be together for five years. Like and you got to play. It's one. There's a lot of guys who can sing, but do they also play guitar well enough to carry the rhythm? I mean, who knows what kind of level of of authenticity there's going to be? Maybe it's going to be a relatively modern type show that will have a lot of things covering it uh, sonically, you know, when, I don't know, it's by the time I have, I always had a feeling that my grandkids are going to come home and say, we're going to go see kiss tonight. I'll kiss. Oh, kiss is yeah, 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 yeah. Get them to play love gun. Oh, dad. Yeah, 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 you're talking yeah. about the old or grandpa. You're talking about the old songs, you know, from, yeah, from yeah. 2015, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're talking from the 1900s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the mystery uh, of what costume they were going to have every year, every year when like every album when you're younger was really cool too. What are they going to be wearing this course. time? I think they kind of started to flirt with that around like the Sonic Boom record and then Monster mm-hmm. later on, even though it was kind of like, so like after the fact, it still felt like, well, I appreciate them making the effort that even this late in the game, it's like, here's a new costume. You know, I like that. There's it's a, the challenge is going to be live. That, and so the, the version two of whatever this is going to be has to be a completely different model of sustainability. So merchandising, merchandising, which we're going to get into, but it's really like, then it's now, now that level is going to change and it's really going to be. Kiss has merchandise. (laughs) (laughs) George Lucas effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's so whatever that's going to be, I, the jury's out. One more thing. One more thing. I just want to mention on that because it is similar to star Wars where George Lucas sold his idea to Disney. Is Kiss and Paul Stanley going to sell their their Kiss Dream to? I don't know who wants to buy it, right? I, I would wow. imagine Amazon. a lot of companies would want to buy into yeah. that, right? Amazon, so, you got to get that merch out. Yeah, you so imagine that. And then Gene and Paul really don't have that much say in what goes on with it. They just kind of well, they probably wouldn't let it go anyway. I don't think. But to imagine if somebody, if a big company did get in there and got a hold of Kiss, that'd be interesting too. Just a side oh, note, God. I just kind of got the comparison. Well, of it's George a good Lucas point, though, Chris. And, it's uh, a good point from the standpoint Gene of like, uh, we're, we might be, you know, I mean, it's a good point from the standpoint of like, what is next? So there has to be a version two of this, I think, just because of the empire that they've built. You kick it off with a remake of Phantom of the Park, man. How cool would that be, right? The young character, they just redo it, but with, with really amazing like uh, visual effects this time. CGI. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that would be cool. I, I do love that movie. But again, that's a, it all comes back to how we felt as kids, right? Yeah. But I still feel like right now, I mean, we're having this debate about what, you know, the next version of Kiss. And I'm kind of like, but Kiss is still alive and well. And sure. does 
I mean, and I, I will say the Kiss Cruise, if you're a fan, and Chris, you are, and if you haven't been on the Kiss Cruise, that is your antithesis of, the, you know, when you go on that cruise, you are amongst the the hardcore of hardcore, and everything goes. All the different members. It kind of works. You know, everyone kind of gets along in their different, you know, age groups. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of kids and people our age and older. And and uh, so I, I'm just, again, I'm going to play the guy that says, look, Kiss is so you know, all we're waiting for is pandemic to change things. And Kiss mm-hmm. would have been still been on their the, the final tour, right? So, and, yeah. and who knows? You know, if that doesn't necessarily mean the final tour, it's kind of like, but who's to say something should end just because we're debating it right now? You know, yeah, I don't think I I don't think it's a, it's not even a debate either. It's I think it's an actual conversation because I I think it's a, yeah, it's yeah. one of the most real ones as far as like a brand you know, in our business of music that we're in, it's one yeah, of the yeah. only ones that really, that we could have this discussion about. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you probably want to bands that, that doesn't have to play yeah. live shows. It can still sell tons of merch. You know what I mean? Like there's still totally. so much merch you can buy of Kiss, whether they're touring or writing music or not. Yeah, You can't imagine Aerosmith without Steven Tyler, period. I mean, it just, that's not going to happen, but, but a version of Kiss, possible. All right, fellas, uh, we got about 30 minutes left before uh, the world takes over on the network. We are going to go to merchandising, oh, merch. uh, merchandising, merchandising. You guys got shit tons of stuff there. Um, can we I'll just leave. I'll just lay it out there as far as like, what is your favorite kiss item either personally that you have or do you think that they've made? That's the coolest thing in the world. Fitz, you've got some shit, really cool shit there. Every all the three of you guys have it. But what is the coolest thing that you have kiss wise? Uh Chris, what you got some stuff in front of you right now? You want yeah, to start? Okay, go. Okay, yeah. so um, see, I always liked. This is the other thing I really enjoyed about the albums is the the, the stuff that they put in for you, the extra stuff. Totally. And I'm doing this with my with my uh, my comic book Skeletron. You get there's something secret stuff in the middle of my nice. comic book. Like there's some cool stuff. Anyway, so I always liked the extra things you got. It made me you feel mean like this. You mean that? Yeah, that comic book right there. <laughs> there's there's a, uh, it's selling wow. well. Well, okay, so. I always like the little things that you got in it. Sorry, I'm just trying. Oh, right here. Here it is. Okay. The little things that you got in the albums. Now, what I have here is this is, uh, and this is, I, I sent away for this. Oh, man, I can't find the camera. There's, okay. So I sent away for this. Um, nice. This was out of, uh, what was this on? It was just like from a, a magazine or something. And they just sent it in and you get a postcard. And it's like, that's what it is. It's a postcard, right? But I got that way, way back in the day. And that was a mail-in thing. I can't remember which album this came with, but it was their their actual like promo uh, album picture thing. Very cool. So I got that. That's all original. Now this here, here we go. Now this, this is so cool. This is the stuff that I really enjoy. Um, And I have two of these. So this is the gun to the love gun album. So cool. yeah. Yeah. There we go, right there. I got two. That's beautiful. How crazy is that? Now, so there's, and so those were inserts, obviously, in the Love Gun album. Um, Now, this is, so this is the visual of this album. I don't know, man. I'd still love to get this tattooed on me. Um, Mm -hmm. I love this album. Oh, this is the, the sticker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a sticker from the Rock and Roll Over album. It's one of the best album covers that they ever did. 
Is it? Oh, dude, yes. Like that that visual to me is just like I can remember wanting to buy this one too, just mainly because of the visual, seeing it be going, Oh, that's gotta be a great album. Totally. And, and the vibe on that one was really decent as well. Like I loved the vibe on that one. That was too. amazing. And then uh some stamps. Oh wow. Cool. That's just touching a a bit on your collection too. Right? Oh yeah. Chris, oh, uh, dude, Todd, yeah. I have all the yeah. posters here. I also have strange, you know, just real quick. So I have, this yeah. is a package of all the kiss army stuff that you get. And this is from like the early two thousands. So it's cool. Like, like all the stuff they would give. There's my kiss army card right there. Official yeah. member. Oh, that's cool. There we go. Right. Loud and proud since 1975. Nice. This is an original from back when, when I had the, uh, the cut off jean jacket and you'd put patches all over them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an original from like 1980, I think. Oh, and there's a pin from the fell farewell tour in there as well. Beautiful. When they did the farewell tour and yeah, but we also, my wife and I saw, uh, and I have just real quick, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice a bit. Allergies are killing me. Uh, Oh, here it was, uh, this one. Oh yeah. Alive 35, Peter, Chris and Tommy fair. The one and the only time that lineup was a thing. So what they did oh, yeah. is they redid Kiss Alive. The, they redid the Kiss Alive album, like to a T, like the stuff oh, in between no, yeah. and everything. And we saw it at a casino as my wife's first that's Kiss experience. That's singer by that point. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, but but it, they did it exactly the same as the uh, as the Kiss Alive album. And it was nice. my wife's first Kiss experience going to see Kiss. And at that point, it was a legend. Because you know they're not yeah, going to yeah. come out. And, they're not going to come back out, and at least they're not going to come back out and, and redo a live one, which I'm playing for her on vinyl and telling her all the little things, <laughs> the drum solo. You know what I mean, and that yeah, kind of stuff. Totally, yeah. So for her to see that, and it was at a casino, so oh, it was it was, cool. it was really accessible for us, and the sound was great. Um, and that so that was that was cool. So I, again, I could go on forever, but you guys, I'll, I'll pass on here. You guys go, Fitzy, give her a go, Fitz. <laughs> Oh, those Eric's? Oh, Eric's? wow. Come on. Amazing. You need a, a Kiss Dubai. That's the most recent gig. Oh, yeah, that's right. Of yeah, of, yeah. Uh, of Eric's. Yeah, Eric always has cool, cool sticks. And I've been collecting his uh, sticks really? for a long time. Um, what do you want to see? Look, I got eight tracks. Oh, <laughs> nice. This is almost like a new version got, of it. It came from the basement. Who's got the sheet music for Beth? Oh, sheet music. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Sheet music for Destroyer and Love Gun. Hello. Um, there's the, uh, the the scarf I bought from the Animalized store when I first saw it. Oh, wow. Nice. I don't Bruce gave that. it to me. He, he handed it out from the audience. No, I'm just kidding. It was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Is Bruce watching right now? <laughs> I hope so. So, you know, everybody has to have all the booklets from here's yes. so alive. I know, I know. That's the alive, alive one. Great, yeah. buddy. And that's two. Back it up. Back it up. Kiss Originals. Hello. Oh, wow. Classic. So then, come on. Let's go over to Kiss Comics. Yeah, yeah. Oh, knows. there. Oh, my gosh. And I mean, what, was, what, was, what was the mysterious thing about the red ink? Do you guys remember? I know there that was. was such a like yeah. all that. Oh, Jean's tongue is you know a cow's tongue sewn on, and, and the put their blood in there in the ink. The kiss meets the sound book. Hey, Todd, don't you have like a? Oh, uh, you awesome. gotta show that it's like a book that actually has a whole discussion about 
Yeah, a guy, a guy wrote a book about the. Um, I gotta get that. Meet, Kiss meets the Phantom. He, he went off and interviewed like all the uh, filmmakers and and whatnot, uh, producers and whatnot of that film. So it answers a lot of questions. But I mean, it doesn't really answer that many questions. It's just a lot of very interesting, almost minutia of like, wow, this guy really dug in on on a film that no one really would care to dig that far into but except for guys like me and you uh mm-hmm. yeah so my collection is mostly things like well it's actually a lot of the same things brent just showed but unfortunately i don't have a lot of things on hand the kiss pinball machines out there the kiss 1978 oh. pinball machine that's the big one you guys have seen it that before. is that is man that, that is, is a very just on that alone well i remember when i went to your house todd that, that one time we were doing seinfeld stuff and i walked in and, <laughs> and we got gene's face and a pinball machine and uh fitz was like fitz was like go over to todd and then it's going to be Seinfeld and Kiss, and you'll be and you're going to be there for hours. And I'm like, this is great. And I walked in, and I'm like, there's the pinball machine, there's the bass. I'm like, oh. okay, hold on. Also, Put on some Seinfeld, and let's get at it. Yeah. Todd has the most wonderful wife because she lets him. That that <laughs> is in the living room. Come it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was there when she moved in, and and she's she's always sort of like, no, 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 no. That's a great uh, you know cultural to- uh, talking piece, a conversation piece when people come in the house. I go, okay. It's a Kiss pinball machine. I don't want to move that damn thing. It's you. <laughs> but I have a lot of the guitars. I have a lot of the a lot of the stuff that actually Brent got me. This really cool is a like almost a Lego set. Um, Kiss Alive two um, set up over there that I can't really dig out. But uh, so I have a lot of like bizarre things and a lot of the old classic stuff. It's been that's been a process of trying to like to say to myself because some guys Sebastian Bach is a friend and he collects like almost every printing of each kiss album you can find. So, and when mm. you get involved in that with the reverse kit S's in Germany and all that kind of stuff, it can get pretty mm. nuts for me. It's mm. like, I just want to get the versions of the original records that I had, especially like things like unmasked and dynasty that had the posters in it. Uh, the live albums, all those booklets, all that kind of stuff. That stuff was what I really, the, the, the kiss solo albums all came with posters oh, originally yes. too. Mm. Um, those are all, but then I'm, you know, I'm almost getting to a point where I'm like, my wife and I are looking at bigger houses just because we have so much stuff. Not because we need a bigger house, but we need to put our stuff somewhere. It's just like, it's kind of embarrassing. I, there's a, one half of my brain is like, get rid of all this, downsize, live, you know. The other side is like, get more stuff, get a bigger house. <laughs> we're gonna go to, uh, we're gonna go to a couple more things before we let you guys jump here. So Chris had uh, dropped some stuff in our chat here uh, when we were chatting. So. Um, Couple of quick subjects to cover, which is top five Kiss solos, best era for costumes, how good or bad were the solo albums, and most underrated Kiss songs. So we'll do this. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a bevy here. It's a it's a oh, bevy. Uh, it's a it's a I mean, bevy of information. So you guys have, I'll go first so you guys have yeah. time to contemplate. Top five Kiss solos, Chris. Conner. Okay, so I've, I've been thinking about this. All right. So first of all, now again, I'm a guitar player um, and was very heavily influenced by Ace Frehley. Um, so the first one, or number five, would be Detroit Rock City. Uh, the harmonies in there are spectacular. It's just great, great right. solo. Love that solo. Uh, number four is from uh, one of the solo albums. It's from the East Freely solo album, but it's the one, the song that, the solo that really made me want to play solos, and that's Rip It Out. The solo from yeah. Rip It Out is just Classic. sensational, right? Um, number three is Shock Me. Uh, just wow, the live the live solo is is Ace Freely. Incredible. Um, number two, Rocket Ride. Oh, man. 
When I heard Rocket Ride, I was just like, are you kidding me? It's That's just so, so spacey in the Star Wars vibe to it. And then the solo with the, what, what, do you, what pedal do you have on there? What was it? A- wasn't a wall it was a phaser maybe or something right i think so yeah on the rocket ride so yeah and then and then number one and this is my favorite kiss song of all time and that's black diamond black diamond is just oh man that and when they dun 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 and i just that's i visualize that live of all the times I've, I've watched on youtube videos of them back in the day Didn't they just start playing it live did you guys see the recent tour oh i don't know but that that's the solo on there's my favorite and it's it's yeah. my favorite song as well right and then, uh, so what was the other one? Oh, the costumes was Love Gun because I loved Peter Chris had almost like the bullet thing around him, right? And I thought that was yeah. so friggin' cool. Paul Stanley's didn't change too much. He played pretty pretty standard. And then Gene, as long as Gene had the dragon boots, I was pretty happy. Yeah. Um, and then Ace Freely's that year with the big white pieces that came over and the big armbands. Like he really looked yeah. like he was a spaceman there. I thought that was so cool. So totally. Love Gun was my favorite era for the costumes. My favorite, now here's my favorite underrated Kiss song. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Solo albums. Loved the solo albums. All of them. I still, when I was working on my uh, a basement downstairs doing drywalling, I was listening to Peter Chris solo album over and over again. I was <laughs> loving it, man. I can't file the rain. Here it comes again. You know, all that Classic. stuff. I was loving it. Yeah. Loving it. So I love those solo albums. And plus the artwork and the posters, as you mentioned, my friend, just yeah. loved it. All right. And now my most, uh, my favorite underrated Kiss song. And if one of you guys pick this, I'll be amazed, but it's Mr. Speed. I love Mr. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, that riff down. down, 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 down. I, just, I love that song, dude. Love that song. So there you that's, go. There's mine. That's, that's, that's mine. a very Paul Stanley riff. Yeah, right. I'll go, I guess. Uh, what are we starting with? Um, Solos. Um, I kind of just sort of jotted some things down. I've always loved the solo to Dr. Love. It's one of those ones they made a list of like they they haven't been very like secretive about who played on what. So I was just kind of looking at this list kind of like my, with my fingers crossed. Please tell me that was really Ace Frehley and not like, you know, Rick Derringer or something. But that was Ace Frehley. Um, I, uh, Strange when the Hotter Than Hell album is one of my favorite solos. It's like Tony Iommi kind of like it's super over the top. Uh, I got to choose from that same album. That's the best thing about Ace is all his solos were very singable. Um, I put down Dark Light from The Elder because oh, there's, the a, Elder, yes. <laughs> there's a major solo in the middle of that album. I was just like, there is like the bass drops out and it's just Eric Carr and and um, an ace yeah. an ace. And it's super over the top. And I'm like, this is the one of the oh, coolest. The- Even to this day, when I go back and listen, I go, that's pretty, pretty rad. Actually, um, I, I wrote down mm-hmm. Revenge as my audible because I got to give I got to give Bruce some love. And, and I always thought that was a great solo in, in the in the Kiss uh, Revenge album. Um, Which song? What song though? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I meant "Unholy" was the was the song I was oh, going for. Right. Yeah, that song. That solo is always like really like. I always think it's really aggressive and it has all the all the right things that I really like about it. There's yeah. some other ones that it, Bruce does a lot more sort of like athletic, ambitious type solos, but for whatever reason, that one really sticks out. I'm also a big fan of the Love Gun costumes. Um, that's a tough one for me because I'm such a fan and such a stickler for for all the costumes. Like, but I just feel like that era kind of like it really kind of all came together in a way like they'd sort of like when you look at the earlier costumes being kind of a little bit janky and a little bit kind of um, funky looking and then kind of getting, but still kind of real street and cool. And then they kind of got more and more slick. I feel like the love gun ones are just, just slick enough that they look perfect. Um, but still street, still black and silver. By the time you get into um, 
the uh, dynasty era, things start to get real Vegas and over the top. But I also mm-hmm. still have a real soft spot in my heart for those. Most under uh, the solo albums, I love all the solo albums. I'm just like Chris that way. It's sort of, uh, uh, I, I oddly enough, Jeans is one of my favorites because it was the first one I had, and we listened to the hell out of it. You know, because we couldn't buy four albums at once. That my mother would have killed us. Um, so it was a very slow process. Um, Ace Frehley's clearly is a winner. Paul's is a winner, and and Peter's got a lot of great stuff on it. Although it's quite a different listen than the other records. I have Little Caesar by Eric Carr as my wow. most underrated Kiss song. I just feel like it's always one of those songs that by the time it came out, it was such a, it was kind of like, why why hadn't this happened way earlier? First of all, Eric Eric Carr was a great singer and a great, a great talent and, 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 a, and a hugely loved member of that band by the fans. So when he finally got a song, we play it in the Kiss Cruise set and people, I've, I've seen grown men weep. True story. Fitzy. Mm-hmm. Um, Love her all I can. Oh yeah, shining ace moment for sure. Uh, Standout. If you want to talk, just early kiss. um, So love her all I can. Off dress to kill. Very very fantastic melody and and probably difficult to play even for for anybody to to dissect that solo. Um, I think the shock me solo is pretty pretty incredible. Um, I like I stole your love. I actually like. Let, okay, let's go I to your um, love is a split between Paul and Paul and Ace, by the way. Yes, oh, and that's awesome. why I like it. But I think I want you as a good solo too, off oh, rock yeah. and roll. That is, I think, just Paul. So um, right, and right. then so just for sheer melody and and just the the hit song factor and that it's such a strong Kiss hit song. I think uh, we have to say that Bruce's solo in Tears Are Falling is oh, pretty yeah. epic it's that very really memorable cool. and you know bruce like that was such a great you know uh, that's you know he's got that forever it's such a great solo and and even to say the forever solo might even be bruce's best solo and best it, statement yeah. is the acoustic solo he did on the song forever is totally. really really great mm. i mean it's really a great piece of music so i i love those and again not judging just on early kiss but as a whole body of work there's some really strong musical statements there so there you go solos all right we're going uh you're going uh, best era for costumes fits um asylum Gun. <laughs> well, I, I'm very aware of the asylum stuff. I, and <laughs> yeah. in fact, you know, because again, Bruce and I have had we've celebrated so much recently of that that whole you know uh, non makeup era that uh, I'm never mad at it. I'll tell you that. Even okay. though um, I would say Love Gun re- uh, reflects the most. So my, my the Kiss dolls that are up here, you know, that just sort of brings oh, me back nice. to childhood and the importance of, of those costumes on in that particular era so mm-hmm. i I'm a, I'm a love gun guy uh favorite solo record favorite solo record um it was ace and then um only because i didn't have all the solo records for a long time and then um it's you know what i'll just i'll rate them as uh, my favorites like i'll say the ace record at the time when i was a kid i listened to it the most and then later on i listened more to gene and paul's and i got to play a lot of the gene stuff with him 
in his band. And I, I, you know, Radioactive is a fucking great song. Radioactive is great. Not alone, just as the opening track. Um, And then, and, and Todd and I, got to really delve into the the Paul solo record stuff when we played on the first time on the cruise together with with Bruce and Bob Kulick and you know what there's you can't not acknowledge that you know people might put Ace's record up top but I'd have to say Paul's record is really 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 strong too and, and songwriting is huge on that album it is yeah, yeah. and I, I just didn't I used to draw Peter's co- album cover but I mm-hmm. I for some reason, I didn't have all the, those records as a kid. I don't know why I didn't have all the solo records, but I, I got Peter's record much later. So again, it's more about, you know, familiarity back then when I was currently, you know, obsessed and I would listen to that Ace record, then the, you know, the Gene record. And then I got more into Paul's record much more recently and I would put Paul's up there as, you know, really, really strong. So could you, and the, the, sorry, the last one is, um, the last one is the most underrated song. Oh, um, uh uh okay that um i think uh, all night (laughs) 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 um flaming youth wow that's a classic so you're talking about you're talking about not getting uh you know the the peter chris record in a bit i mean the other side of it is did those solo records was there enough of them coming into winnipeg like wherever you know those small towns where you could all buy them all at the same time i'd imagine they were such a massive band but was there enough that every kid in town could get one if they wanted or yeah, you, had to line, you had to and line up the record man we had a and a we had all those great yeah. record stores and the canadian versions of all the records as you all know as owners of because we grew up in canada are like all my records that i have here are mostly canadian versions so we had right. them all yeah. i got them all here casablanca actually sold they made like a, a bag that had all four faces the four solo albums on the bag so right. when you bought a record you could walk out with those those are collectible as well i've I don't know if I've ever seen that. one in person, but that apparently was part of the uh, of the of the hype machine at the time. Nice. They shipped uh, a lot. I don't know what they sold, but they shipped a lot. <laughs> yeah. Final thoughts, gentlemen. On uh, on. I mean, we could go for days and days, but I mean, we covered oh, a, a great I've deal. I've been waiting of, to do uh, this one, this kiss episode. I'm a great, a great, da- a great deal of. It's uh, only the first one, stuff. Machete. It's going to happen. Yeah, we'll go on to other ones, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> other ones, but other ones, but yeah. As far as uh, what does kiss mean to you, Todd? Uh, give us, a, <laughs> give us, give us their kiss, uh, kiss mean to you moment. Well, it's sort of the beginning and the end in a lot of ways. You know, it's like it's really hard for me to take any of it away because I think even like after watching like so many live performances of the band, watching like the Kiss Animalized live uncensored concert over and over again when it came out as a kid. I think Mm -hmm. that's a big part of what made me so excited to get on stage and play. And I think I think I'm probably no matter what i'm doing in my mind i think i'm just always doing a sort of paul stanley impression (laughs) whether i'm playing bass or guitar or or whatever it's sort of like there's always this sort of like i was always very taken by the idea of they're always looking at the audience they're always interacting with the audience they're always kind of like you know they interact with each other as well but it's sort of very out you know there's never sort of an inward playing where you're looking down and sort of like it's always out it's always you know it's big you know what i mean and I think that that's so much a part of, of who I am as a musician that it's I'm recently going in, in, in into a, a rush rabbit hole that has me sort of going like it's weird because I was never really a, a prog rock rush. You know, I really just never cared about playing 
really fast and really complicated music because of the music that spoke to me was Kiss and Cheap Trick and the New York Dolls and, and then into the punk rock bands. But um, it didn't mean I didn't appreciate those things. It just sort of like, I felt like, I, I like this stuff. This stuff really speaks to me. And I didn't feel like I needed to kind of really go into any other areas. Really, <laughs> But um, I think that sort of still dictates how I, I look at my favorite bands, my favorite shows, my favorite uh, artists and, and songs is always that sort of like, it's simplistic in, 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 mm-hmm. in of itself. It's powerful. And it, but it says a lot, you know, Fitz, what does that kiss mean to you, man? <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a lifestyle. Todd summed it up, you know, beautifully how, you know, we're all, we're all doing an impression in some way of the things that were influencing us from childhood. So, you know, there's always going to be, some celebration in you know because we choose to be professional musicians now and all that choosing became the choice of embracing a band when you're younger and then you just sort of you know you don't even think about it but there's little bits and pieces of everything of all the different bands you like but i would probably say for a a huge chunk uh specifically one band got me much more into melody and songs and visual and how to entertain and you know there it's it's really interesting we were talking earlier before like back when you were saying about the the, the alive record and how you looked at what they wrote you know space yeah. there i actually i used to think about you know oh you should have good penmanship because those things that kiss wrote you know, stuck with me. I thought they had really good, their, their, the way they, their, um, you know, just the way Gene wrote, I thought was, you know, super cool. And yeah. those things carry that you don't think about in, you know, in everyday life, but it's like, I've always carried myself like, you know, you should have, should have good diction and good. Re- Remember when they, you know, kiss plays Gibson and Pearl drums because they want the best. They want yeah. the best. You're always striving for, for excellence. And in a way, um, you know, it gave us this great, you know, springboard to, to be good and be great at what you do and, and have, have fun doing it. And, you know, I, I did it all with my friends. Everything was kiss because everybody else liked kiss. It was a communal thing. So, you know, and, and that's why going on the kiss cruises, you sort of feel like you're with all your other people who are enjoying the band today and have careers and all different things. We happen to choose music and play a lot and are in, these you know little circles very close to the band but it's kind of like a way of life right i mean chris you you, uh, you're gonna way of life it's chris what do you think chris oh yeah i summed up at the beginning just that uh the logo is it right there when i see that logo man and and the the old pictures when they're on i can't remember what building it was but they're hanging over the edge of it there right and empire state probably i thought it was the empire state Yeah. yeah like those classic ones and the other one that i showed you where they're on those those uh clear stands and there it's yeah. the yeah the the black to red kind of gradient behind them um like that whole era just, yeah. all that stuff man <clears throat> excuse me my allergies are killing me <laughs> um everything about the logo just means the world to me and it was my identity as a kid as i mentioned you know a lot of people made fun of me because i like kiss and a lot of people made fun of me because i read comic books because it was in a very small town but you know you, then you find the people who like that and it clicked in so it was my identity i didn't mind wearing it on my shirt and uh i still don't so there it is right there boom this was the shirt i got with the uh whoa yeah kiss army thing there yeah nice. so yeah kiss they, they, kiss means everything to me like the classic wise i can't uh i can't discredit 
Kiss for any music influence and also for artistic influence because sure. their album covers were amazing. Those yeah, album covers were great. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we'll see anything like it ever again. So, gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, friends. It's really, really rad of you guys to uh, to join, uh, to rejoin. It's been a few. I look uh, forward to our months. next chat about the Loki series or something. <laughs> yeah. What do we have coming up next? Uh, for us personally, well, or just like Disney wise. What's you, uh, Loki's sorry, you next? Loki's next. Yeah, Loki's yeah, next. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, why don't we do, we'll do this uh, the, the way we're supposed to do it. Todd, tell everybody where they can find you and all the things. Um, so. You want me to get my home address? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Meet me at yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, At Todd Kearns, at Todd Kearns on uh, Twitter. Everywhere else, I'm at Todd Kearns. And you can usually find me fairly easy. And you can't leave until you give us your best uh, Paul Stanley-ism. <laughs> well, that's the... Uh, you're looking for someone, but it's not Kiss. I, I like '70s Paul. I like '70s Paul voice. I like '70s Paul's speaking voice. I just wanted to show you my my Stan Lee amigo. Oh, that's video. beautiful! Isn't that great? They just put this out. I just I walked into the store and I went, "Oh, I've got to buy this right now." It's pretty wow. cool. That is really kind of, cool, man. Kind of an aside, I know, but yeah, that's no, but that that's awesome. Yeah, tell us the tale. Where's everyone looking for you? Oh, I'm all Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Brent Fitz. It says down there. And uh, but you know, Todd and I, we share a lot of bands together. So um, you can enjoy us on uh, enjoy us on Tuke Rocks as well. That's right. Fun. And and all the slash stuff. You know, we share a lot of the same. Anyway, we share a lot of the same musical space. So we're you know, when you look at we're Todd's around. and my Instagrams, you see a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we can't let you, uh, Fitz. We can't let you leave uh, until you weigh in on this segment. <laughs> Give us your prediction on the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> oh, I don't have to predict. Yeah, I think the Jets are well rested, and um, I'm glad that they're playing the Habs. Is this what you're asking me? Is like yes, we need your nerves on ice prediction of the, how this is going to go. <laughs> I'm really happy that Hellebuck has been a strong goalie in the playoffs, although I was a little mad at him during the regular season sometimes. And I, okay, so then, you know, winning against the Habs, great. Although the weirdness of the no crowd in the in the Winnipeg, you know, arena could be interesting. And then for the next series, hoping they win. And if they do play Colorado or the Knights, I don't know what is going to happen with going down to the States and playing to a crowd. I think everything is reseeding. It's, okay. I think they're reseeding out of this round. So whoever like wins and it sets a final four will get reseeded, I believe, based on where they finished in the season. And then I have a feeling that it's moving stateside into a bubble, but we'll see. Okay. And just as a longstanding, you know, 40-plus year Jet fan, it's very hard to be a Jet fan. And I mean that sincerely because we are small and we are mighty and we've been, you know, not winning cups and we've always, you know, stuck by our team. But when it gets good like this, we really rally. And that overtime goal on Monday night was an epic moment. It was in Jets history. And so I hope we, we build off it. But it's just I don't look forward to these Oh, the Jets are going to play the Knights. And people ask me all the time, well, who are you going to cheer for against the Knights? You live in Vegas. You must like the Knights. Well, I do like the Knights. I like the Knights. I love mm-hmm. the Jets. The Jets is 
like I said, it's harder to love the Jets all these years, and it's easy to love the Golden Knights. And I mean that sincerely, but the Golden Knights have been a very successful winning team, and I only have a few short years. But you try to be a Jet fan since the, the you know Avco Cup era or the entry to the NHL in the late 70s, and it's it's been a tough road. Almost as tough as being a Leafs fan, you guys. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, that's Does your tough. team give up three one leads? Anyways, we'll get into wow. that. Was yeah, a the Leafs, so, do you cheer for Leafs. Jets now? Hey, do you guys cheer Jets? If they, um, if they lost yeah, to the Habs, you don't cheer for the Habs, right? Not no, cheering no, for the Habs, no. so it's for sure. Is that, is that I don't. Yeah, I, I, I like the Avalanche, man. I think the Avalanche are going to go oh, pretty far. Gene pick. Yeah, oh, there cool. you go. I got, got something. I don't have that one, but I got something similar. Did you see that team on the cruise? Gene doesn't actually play those though. On stage, he plays like oh. more of a Tortex, uh, the gray uh, nylon picks. Yeah. Chris, we got to get out of that cruise. God damn it, we got yeah, to. Yeah, you man. really do, man. Get, we, Dean, get Dean to send us out there on that. That'd be a great episode, man. We, so. We'll just like have you each carry a guitar, and you could be like the crew, and just kind I'm of down with that. Out. That's the secret. <laughs> just give me your radio. Just give me your radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. it doesn't matter. We had these crazy jackets made because we were enough. We have some dear friends in Japan who gifted us the original white ones. Now, they're not original, original, but in white. But we uh, did we make an executive decision, Todd? Like, we'd probably get more mileage out of them if they were black. So, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had, and our good friend uh, Megan from Winnipeg, Ketchison, who does awesome kiss costumes. She uh, she did these up for us. So she sure Those did. are really cool. You guys come back anytime, eh? Oh yeah, come back, okay. come back and hang out. Rid of us now. now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make sure you tune in next week. Uh, tune in next week because uh, these guys from uh, Vancouver made a brand new Star Wars series uh, called Bucketheads on their iPhones and all the rest of it, and it's blowing up and it looks yeah. rather. And the creators are okay. they're coming on. Ne- they're coming on next week, so you'll dig that. Um, they created a whole. I saw it at, at Fan Expo, and it was like, "What the hell is this?" They're like, "Yeah, we got permission, and we we shot the whole thing, and we're doing it." And it, and it's uh, it's like like not for profit bunch of. Uh, I guess there's the Star Wars groups of people. They call themselves like like the whatever the, they got a group like a, the um, stormtrooper. Yeah, kind yep. of the code name or whatever. First. And, and they and they basically created this movie. And it's called Bucketheads. They got a series, eight part series, and uh, so they're they actually weren't they actually used in the Mandalorian series? That group. Good question. Mm, we'll ask that? them next week. Yeah. yeah we'll wow. That's next a good week. question. I think they we'll actually used. I think they actually used real um, that that group or some yeah. group of fans that dress up as as stormtroopers. I think they used them in either I'll the Mandalorian. Tell you, they better put us in whatever the hell they're doing next. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Especially if they're shooting at North Van all the way, Todd. Nice. Next time you come up and see the kids. What? Uh, they're shooting in North Van? They shot it all in North Van. Mm-hmm. What did they shoot there? The Mandalorian? No, they shot the, the Bucketheads. Oh, series. the Bucketheads. Yeah, okay. in, yeah, yeah, yeah it's really it. cool. I'm in. So I could be in, in that. I've got to come back it. anytime, boys. Thanks for joining <laughs> us for all kiss all the time this week. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, down the road. I can't wait for an update on what you two are doing, but that's another episode. That's another, that's another episode. That's another episode for it'll be kiss Thanks, guys. guys. Thanks so much. Take care, fellas. Always a blast. Stay well. Uh, Before we finish up, we're going to take a little break and thanks our friends at Blue Microphones, Chris. Let's do it. Let's just do that. Here we go. We're coming.
coming back swinging with this. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, Skeletron, Skeletron is available. And if I had time, uh, oh, what do we got here? High heels, low fi. Avastin Ahoy to the Mr. Machete lads. Have a good night. All right. Yeah, thank you very much. Hey, I thanks everybody for watching. Yeah, we got some stuff. Yeah, but anyways, Jim, let's get back, get back to Skeletron for a second. Tell us oh, what's sorry, going yeah. on. Okay, so you get the hash copies there. You get the hash. Yeah, I got a hundred of them. Ten of them are going out for uh, free promotion kind of thing. So there's ninety available. Getting lots of orders, and I apologize because I'm just I, I'm I'm having a lot of other jobs that I'm doing right now. I got hired to uh, do a graphic novel for a no graphic yeah, novel that. art. Yeah, for uh, a book that's already out there. That's done really really well and i just got another i've got a couple lord of the rings commissions not for lord of the rings but for people um that i'm working on as well so yeah my orders i got to get into there and get those orders in because everybody gets something special with their order as well um different pictures maybe a card that we we produced uh, of yeah. skeletron so it's going really well and uh it, it, they'll be gone soon as long as I, I think i'm gonna be able to sit down tomorrow in the office uh my wife and i and we can start getting some orders out and actually get, get it done Actually yeah, get the I know, right? thing done, eh? I just finished doing character sketches for uh, for the novel that I'm doing, and I just finished the rough drafts for the Lord of the Rings stuff I'm doing. So I'm all caught up on that. Now I can sit down and have a machete comics day, which is good. So, mm -hmm. you know, technically speaking, which is really rad again that, that I've mentioned, that is cool is that when people ask what I do now, I'm a comic book artist. It's the best. I'm, I'm a comic book artist best. with with a with a podcast. So that is sponsored by Blue. Our friends at Blue Microphones, look at that. Like right on all those things that they do very very yeah. cool that was a great um, episode too it's always good when uh when uh mr fitz and uh todd kern stop by right the best just the best guys uh yeah. again always, always making shows. making time for the little the little streams like us so gentlemen we really appreciate it because you're they already did two talk today make sure you check that out to talk every yeah. week they actually had ken tizzard on today who we had on a couple weeks ago um and uh with a new record and so uh they're just every tuesday they do that so to do that and then to come and do this it's always cool especially 90 minutes so thanks gentlemen always 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 love having you on lots of uh fun stuff ahead there uh we'll have them back anytime uh next we got to do some thank yous uh as we go through here so mm -hmm. uh do you want to do the chat list do you want to thank the people in the chat i, th I thought i just did Julie yeah, Jim and Crack Not Stirred and High Heels Lo-Fi and uh, Stone else? One. Yeah, Stone One. I can't bring any more up on here. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. How sure. So anyways, oh, everyone, thanks no, on that side of it and High Heels. Yeah, and we have a bunch of people on the chat. So thank you for that, uh, for tuning in there. And uh, we have to thank our friends over at DeanBlundell.com every week yeah. we got to thank them for hosting us over there lots of really cool shit happening over there make sure you check out uh, playoff pricks uh who fitz was just a guest on last week uh, when the oh, jets nice. uh, made it through the process and i'm assuming i think i have to host next wednesday i'm gonna try to bug fitz to come on because it's a jets habs thing so we'll see about that uh so make sure you check out playoff pricks over there even though the leafs are out there are other teams playing yes also if check can, out i always you, find the i always find the nerd dad uh very entertaining as well yeah, Nerd Dad's great. All the pods over there are doing killer stuff. Uh, we're going to get Joe back on here as well. Um, we've got uh, all the guys coming back, trying to come back on here in some capacity, um, which a Big Chris is gonna, wants to come on. So Big Chris from the network wants to come on. Uh, our buddy Mike uh, Pongratz, we'll get him back right away as well to uh, jump Can in. Can we get him back next. with the Star Wars thing? Next yeah, week? next no, week for Bucketheads. That? That's going to be rad uh, next week. Everyone needs to pay attention to that. Uh, we'll yeah, put so the links. Uh, I put the links in the Twitter day today, but we'll put them back in uh, today because uh, you got to check it out. It's really, really definitely. cool. 
Um, okay, friends. Well, that's it for a Tuesday. Make sure that you uh, tune in every Tuesday. Next week is Bucketheads, the creators yeah. of the, the Star Wars Bucketheads, and um, we'll uh, we'll see you then. Good time. It was, it was like wait, it was, today was like Tongue Out Tuesday for Kiss, right? Is that what it was? Tongue Out Tuesday for Kiss. <laughs> I forgot. No, that, that's what, that was like the tag. But you're right, dude. Good times. Rad dudes. Thanks, everybody. Peace and love. Hi, I'm Joel McLeod, co-host of the 905er podcast. The 905 is one of the most diverse and densely populated regions of Canada. Four and a half million of us live, work, and play in the area surrounding Toronto. That's more people in the 905 than actually live in Toronto. Each election, the 905 decides who forms our government at both the provincial and federal levels. So why isn't more attention being focused on us here in the 905? We're looking to change that. My co-hosts, Roland Tanner and I, tell the stories that define what we are calling the most important region in Canada. Each week, we bring to your attention news, culture, and issues that make up what it means to be a 905er. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Or you can visit us at 905er.ca to subscribe. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast. That's right. Find us at thecashkidpodcast.com or listen in on places like Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or YouTube.